magic. But to it all, all he wants to know is if you can declare tonight, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than that. You're bigger than that, Jesus. tells me I'm not something, I always say I am that. Anytime the devil tells me I am something, I always say I'm not that. I know that God is bigger.
Jesus can't be 
Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Zion Hill Church family. Glory to God. I'm Minister Anna Marie Thomas. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Just thank you and bless your holy name. Thank you for the covering of Jesus' blood over us, Father. The covering of the blood, our covenant with you, Father. We thank you for that. If it had not been for you, my God, my God, where would we be now? We don't even want to think about it. Heavenly Father, we thank you, though, for bringing us through the storm and bringing us to the sunshine, your sun shining upon us. My God, we thank you for such an, uh, an opportunity as this to just pray for all in the congregation and that are watching, Father. We pray your anointing upon our pastor, that he speaks what you want him to speak, your will, your way. We thank you for Lady Elizabeth being behind him 100% and his family. Continue to bless them, Father. Continue to bless us all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise everybody. Stand on your feet and join in with us as we praise and worship the name of the Lord this morning. Help me lift Jesus. Clap your hands. Help me lift Jesus. Why don't you 
Speaks from eternity. Speaks from eternity. 
said, if I, said if, I if I be lifted up from the I will draw Come on, lift him up, say, lift him up. You ought to lift him, lift him up. Still he speaks, still he speaks from eternity. He said, if I, he said, if I, if I be lifted up from Everybody lift him high. Lift him up. Everybody lift him up. Lift him up. Still he speaks. Still he speaks from eternity. He said, If I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all. Chapter 27, verse number 46. If you find it, please say amen. The word of God says, In about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lamak Sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Please remain standing as we pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for this beautiful day. This is the day the Lord has made it. Thank you, O God, for the opportunity to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for life. Thank you for health and strength. David said, I went to bed. I woke up in the morning because you, the Lord, sustained me. Thank you, O God, for sustaining us. Many have died. Many are sick in the hospital. But your grace and mercy is sustaining us. We say thank you. 
Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for our healing. Thank you, O oh God, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the opportunity to be in the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you again. This is your church. This is your house. Have your way in this place. Speak to us. Help our hearing. Help our understanding. Use me, O God, to be a channel of blessing to somebody. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory. Now I step back that you may step up. This is your show. And we thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, What to Do When God is Silent. What do you do when God is silent? The passage I just read to your hearing is a story about Jesus Christ on the cross. This is not a fairy tale. This actually happened. You may have heard how Jesus was lied upon, how he was spit upon, how he was mistreated. And now we find him on the cross, hanging on the cross in pain. He was hurting so bad that he cried out, My God! Why are you silent? Why have you forsaken me? Ladies and gentlemen, let me start out by telling all of you that life is a journey. And in this journey of life, there are highs and lows. Sometimes you will find yourself on top of the mountain. Sometimes you will find yourself in the valley. By the way, no one is isolated from this. There is no exception. In this journey called life, sometimes we may go through some hardship. The truth be told, sometimes we may go through some struggles, even some disappointment, even some mistreatment. That's reality. This kind of experience show up in different forms. Sometimes it may show up in our relationship. Sometimes it may show up in our employment. I know what it is to be mistreated on the job. Sometimes it may be physical. Sometimes it may be emotional. And sometimes it may be financial. There are seasons in life when it seems like the whole world is caving in on you. And it looks like 
God is nowhere to be found. Some of you probably can relate to that. Theologians call that season when God is hidden from us. Or season when God is quiet on us. Or season when God is silent. The question must be asked, ladies and gentlemen, why is it that sometimes God is silent when we need him most? You need to know that. I need to know that. This past week, I shared some reasons why God seems silent in our life. I don't want you to be surprised when you have to deal with one of those situations. I told you, number one, that God is silent sometimes because God is not a talkative. It's not like you and me just running our mouth all day. Some people stay on the phone for hours. God could not afford to be a talkative because his word has power. So when he says something, it's going to come to pass. You know? If God says, let there be light, bam, light is coming. It must be. So his words have value, has weight. So sometimes when we expect him to talk, he may not be talking. Secondly, I mentioned to you last week that God is suffering. What does that mean? That God is almighty. He has all power, you know. God is not your errand boy. God is not our servant that you can order around. You go north, you go south, you sit down, you shut up. No. In fact, the word of God says he does what pleases him. Hallelujah. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we also point out that a third reason why sometimes God is silent is because of our unconfessed sins. We share with you scripture that says our sins causes separation between us and God. God is holy. He wants to talk to us. He wants to hang out with us. But our sins will cause us separation. Are you still here? And number four, I pointed out to you last week that our incomplete obedience hinders God from blessing us to the max. Partial obedience, delayed obedience. We serve God when it's convenient for us. We serve God. Coming to church is like a hobby. We do it when we feel like it. Delayed obedience. Partial obedience. Incomplete obedience. These are the things that I share with you this past week. 
Today I want to share more reasons why God is silent in our lives. I draw your attention to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 37 and verse 38. There you will see the story of Jesus and his disciples on the Sea of Galilee. They were in a boat, you know. They were traveling. And the Bible says all of a sudden an ugly storm arose. Do you know sometimes in life things just happen? Here you find yourself, everything's been going good, and all of a sudden, bam, you got laid off. All of a sudden, a relationship you've infested years in just got messed up. Sometimes, even our best of friends just become our enemy. Here they find themselves in a storm. They've been having church all day, you know. It's been good time. Miracles. They will say, whoa, man. All of a sudden, they find themselves in a storm. The Bible said they got afraid. I can stop there and preach because even Christians, you're not supposed to be afraid. You're supposed to live in faith. But every now and then, we just cave in. Now you see why the Bible talks about no faith, little faith. These disciples who have been witnessing revival, witnessing miracles, now they find themselves scared. They find themselves in panic. Things were so bad they began to throw things overboard, trying to lighten the boat. And one thing that got the attention the most is that Jesus was on the boat with them, but Jesus was silent. In fact, the Bible says he was sound asleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I have a signature experience in my family for sleeping in time of trouble. When they all say, oh, daddy, this is going down. I say, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Those precious children probably think I'm weird. I just learned to put my burden in the hand of the Lord. Jesus sound unconcerned. He was sleeping. But guess what? They ran and wake him up. They said, no, you, we need you. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't mean to just tell you a story. Inside every biblical account, there are profound revelations. Let me share some things with you. Number one, you need to know when there is no storm in our life, when we are living on top of the mountain, we have tendency not to seek God. Most of us don't come to church when you have plenty of money. It always amazes me when I came to America. The reputation of America in the world is a Christian nation, 
until I got here. The moment God began to bless you and you have all the goodies, all the niceties of life, and you think you don't need God anymore. And what is so funny is that we have churches in every corner, but you go inside. Hardly is anybody there. Sometimes God is silent to draw us to him. Sometimes God will back off. Because as long as you're comfortable, as long as everything is going fine, you're not going to seek God. As long as everything is smooth, we don't pray to God. As long as there's no stress in our life. There's no pressure in our life. There's no strain in our life. We tend to drift away from God. If you notice anything about the Israelites, that's how they are. So it's not just in America. It's in Africa. It's in China. It's in Russia. When things are good, people would rather go to Mona than come to church. But then you wait until there's trouble. All of a sudden, the church is packed out. So sometimes God will go silent to let us go through some fire to draw us to God. Amen, somebody. Another reason why God will be silent sometimes in our lives is to increase our faith. In that story, if you look at verse number 40, Mark chapter 4, verse number 40, when they woke Jesus up, he asked a simple question. Why are you all freaking out? What's your problem? Why are you afraid? Why is it that you're operating with no faith? So the revelation I got out of it is sometimes God will be silent. Sometimes God will back off to increase our faith. Why will he do that? Can you imagine? When we all became Christian, we have something called the measure of faith. But that faith is like your muscle. Every baby that is born today comes with muscle. But those muscles are not strong. So you have to develop that muscle, you know. Same thing with faith. Can you imagine if God gives you an assignment that will require a college-level faith and you're operating a kindergarten faith? Guess what God has to do? He has to let you go through some things so he can build up your faith. He has to allow you to go through some silent moment of God so that he can get you to trust him. Believe me, I'm not preaching. I'm, I'm sharing my own life testimony. There are some things that don't bother me anymore because I've been through some rough times. But I thank God, looking back now, I say, man, Lord, I thank you for taking me through all of that. 
Think about it. If God is calling you to minister to nations and you're worrying about who is talking about you on Facebook, you're not ready for prime time. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God will be silent so as to develop and increase your faith. Amen. God knows if he lets you go on like that, you're not ready. Have you ever wondered why he allowed the Israelites to stay in the wilderness for 40 years? The Bible said it, it, it should take only a few days. But he knows in order for them to fight the enemy and to conquer the enemies, he will have to prepare them. And some of you under the sound of my voice, God is getting you ready for prime time. Every now and then when people are talking to me, I just want to tell them, shut up. Keep marching. Ladies and gentlemen, to whom much is given, much is required. Another reason why God is silent is God trying to reveal himself in a fresh way. Ladies and gentlemen, if you remember in that story, Mark chapter 4, verse 41, still talking about the same story. When Jesus calmed the storm and he said, peace be still. And everything all of a sudden is calm. All of a sudden, that way what children begin to act right. All of a sudden, your job that was lost, you're, you're blessed with a better job. All of a sudden, your spouse begins to act right. All of a sudden, all the trouble you're having in ministry as a pastor got leveled out. All of a sudden, you see the move of God again. But when the disciples notice it, they look at each other. They say, wait a minute. What manner of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Have you wondered why they asked that question? Jesus is no stranger to them. They have watched him heal the leper. They have watched him raise the dead. They have watched him heal the blind man. But they've never seen him deal with nature. So now they are seeing Jesus in a new and fresh dimension. So sometimes God allows you and me to go through stuff. So that he can reveal another side of him. I read books about people who are given the privilege to visit heaven while they are still on earth. Be it in a dream, be it in a vision. Some of them literally died and, and God allowed them to come back. And one thing they all have in common is that when you get to heaven, you look at Jesus. You see all these beautiful colors. And the next time you look at him again, you see a completely different color. Fresh side of God. Oh, that attracts me. Every time I'm reading about it, I say, wow, what a sight to behold. By the way, every time I start talking about heaven, my wife will say, no, 
Don't talk about it. I don't know. She don't want me to leave now. I mean, just it's because I love reading about heaven. I love reading about the streets that I've paved with gold. I mean, have you ever been driving and you just run into some, some pothole? I'll be wondering, so what you are like around here? <laughs> my wife said, no, no, we're not going to talk about that. I said, my Lord. I mean, you see God in different dimensions. I was, I was, this is a serious conversation I had with my wife. You know, because all the children are grown, so it's just two of us. So we've got plenty of time just to hang out and, 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 and touch each other. And talk about it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be, I'll be sharing. I'll say, man, baby, let me share with you what I read. Now, he'll, she'll listen and she'll talk about it. But when I get to heaven, part of it, no, no, let, let's keep that one. It's good to see God in different dimensions. Many of you knew him as a savior until you got sick. And then when he healed your body, now you know him as your savior and as your healer. And you know one thing, once you know him as a healer, no devil can talk you out of it. Because you know that you know that God is your healer. Amen. Amen. I was a homeless student in the city of Riverside, California. I knew him as my savior. But I was broke. I was poor. I was wretched. But when God made a way, when he provided for me, <laughs> now I know him as Jehovah Jireh. Are you, are you are listening to me this morning? It, it, it don't matter how broke I get now. I just know the Lord will make a way. Are you listening to me? What you know it will sustain you in time of trouble. So now these disciples, they knew him as a healer. They knew him as a miracle worker. But they've never seen him talk to winds and waves and nature. What am I trying to tell you? In my own life, when I was broke, when my money was funny, when my credit was jacked up, and the Lord made a way, I knew without a doubt, he's not just my savior. He's not just my healer. He's my provider. Do I have a witness in the house? Remember, remember that brother, the maniac of Gadara? Who God clothed in his right mind. You may know him as your savior. You may know him as your provider. But for this man. He was a mind regulator. So God wants to show himself. In various fresh dimensions. In case you are making note. Because. The professor, you know, I teach over there at Louisiana College. Every night, I can't help myself. 
the professor and me. I said, class, let's make sure we reveal what we've learned. I said to you, sometimes God is silent because he is not talkative. Say, I got it. <laughs> Secondly, I said to you, sometimes God is silent because he's suffering. He's not going to be talking when you want him. He'll talk when he wants to talk. Number three, I told you, sometimes God is silent because our sin separates us from God. Do I have an amen? Number four, I said God is silent because our incomplete obedience, partial obedience, delayed obedience, and number five, I said to you, sometimes God is silent because he wants to draw us closer to him. Closer to God. Number six, I told you God is silent because he wants to build your faith. Hallelujah. Want to move you from high school level of faith to college level of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish I could get some time. I can testify. I can share with you. Then I say number seven. Sometimes God is silent because he wants to reveal himself to you in a fresh way. Now the question must be asked. Then what do I do when God is silent? That's really my assignment for today. <laughs> what do you do? The first thing I would recommend that you do, learn to make wise decisions when you are going through good times. You say, what's the big deal about that? I'll tell you why it's a big deal. Because when you're on top of the mountain and you're hearing from God and everything is going well for you and it's just lovely, Learn to make sound decisions. Because when you get to the valley, the valleys of life, your good decision on top of the mountain will sustain you. Are you listening to me? You can be clothed in your right mind, you good-looking sister, you everything going on for you, you got the best of shape, and then you make a decision to go marry a crackhead. Because none of us, we always have good shape. Mm -hmm. Don't look at nobody now. <laughs> you know this is Zion here. We keep it 100. So while you're on top of the mountain, while you are gainfully employed, while money is flowing, everything you touch is turning to gold. Make sound decisions so that when... When recession comes, isn't that the truth? The Bible even said it. Proverbs chapter 6. He said, go to the ants. Thou sluggard, consider its ways. You will be wise. When you're well employed, you don't be blowing all your money. Those little ants got more sense. They save. They make investment. 
I'm amazed how many times my children will turn to me and my wife and say, I can't believe what you guys have achieved with little. Because now they, they grow up, now they're buying their own house, they have to buy their own car, and now they're amazed. They say, you guys are foreigners. You don't even have green car. You don't have nothing. You have, how do you achieve all this? Take it. I'm, I'm really not preaching today. I'm sharing my life so that we all can be blessed. When you're on top of the mountain, make sound decisions. And so if life throws you in the valley, your sound decision on top of the mountain will sustain you. Tell somebody I got it. Number two, when it looks like God is silent, don't focus on what you're going through. Don't be preoccupied with the negatives. Don't be a complainer, whining and mourning. Ladies and gentlemen, what you want to do is to focus on what God has taught you. Did you know every one of you here under the sun from the sister way back there and all of you here, there's some things that God has taught you. That you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. Those things will sustain you. I have a brother from China came here and minister here one time. And he's been through so much persecution. Been through so much torture, so much pain, so much imprisonment. They beat him up so bad one time, they broke both of his knees. Could not even walk. He was right here in this church. Some of you attended. And I was privileged to hang out with him in the green room. I said, brother, how did you survive all of that? He said, my brother, they, they call him Brother Yoon. By the way, I love him. You know why I love him? He didn't come here and say, I'm reverend, I'm doctor, I'm bishop, assistant to the pope. Just some of this thing affects my spirit. Some speakers will come here, I never even go and say hello to them. Some of them we ask, who is the pastor of this church? I won't say a word. This brother came, he said, I'm Brother Young. Just one of you. He's been to nations. The Holy Spirit said, you need to get to know him. I still have his cell number today. I say, how did you make it, boo? He said, I'll tell you, when it gets dark, when it looks like God is silent, I begin to remember what he taught me. Scriptures in your soul. Do you know, God forbid, if any of us catch or infected by COVID-19, even your loved one cannot come in to see you? How are you going to make it? The scriptures in your soul, it will pick you up. That's what David is talking about. He said, encourage yourself in the Lord. You can't always count on church folks. You can't even count on preachers. Yes, I said it. Hey, don't turn me up. 
Hallelujah. There are scriptures in your soul. There are hymns. There are songs that have sustained you through the years. As a Baptist boy, I grew up singing like a sheep that tossed and driven, battered by an angry sea. When the storms of life are raging and the furies follow me, sometimes I be wondering, what, what have I done? Where did I screw up? But then, then I said to my soul, take courage. The Lord will make a way somehow. Oh, and we will sing that chorus over and over again. The Lord will make a way. The Lord will make a way. Is there anybody here that knows the Lord will make a way somehow? This thing will pick you up. In time of trouble, hallelujah. This morning we were taking communion. And, and my sister, was, Minister Shirley, was singing, uh, The blood will never lose its power. And I was sitting there, and tears began to roll in my eyes. I mean, there's some songs that will just move you, that the devil cannot rob you. Don't just stay in the silence of God. Pick your spirit up. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Apostle Paul. That's my homeboy. <laughs> I love Apostle Paul. He was in jail, you know, in prison. He sent for one of his mentees, Timothy. He told Timothy, bring me three things when you come. Say, bring me some clothes. Number two, bring me some books. Number three, bring me some parchment. He requested for clothes to keep his body warm. He requested for some books to stir up his mind. Did you hear what I said? Over there at Louisiana College, where I teach, students will come to me and say, tell me, how can I make it? How can I succeed? And I will remind them, pay attention to what you read. What you read will define you. See, the reason why a lot of you, you allow other people to define you is because you don't know who you are. Pay attention to what you read. Pay attention to who you associate with. You show me your friend, I can show you your future. Can you all handle this? I tell them, your exposure also will make you or break you. I told my church this morning, one reason, primary reason why I encourage the church to buy a luxury bus so we can get out of central Louisiana and go some places and see what God is doing in Texas, see what God is doing in New York, see what God is doing in Washington, D.C. Go to places. Your exposure is very important. 
You can be listening to some people and you can tell they've never left their hometown. I'm not talking about you. Yes, I am. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Paul said, bring me some book so I can stir up my mind. You are what you read. And he said, bring me some parchment to inspire my soul. Are you listening to me? Silence of God is not a sign that God has forsaken you. Are you listening to me? Silence. When it looks like God is distant, when it looks like God is far away, silence of God does not mean God is not working. He's a God of action. He's working things out. Isn't it funny? When they arrested Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they tied them up, God didn't do nothing. He was silent. When they were talking nasty stuff to them, God didn't say a word. But when they threw them in the fire, all of a sudden they found that the Son of God was waiting on them. Hallelujah. Some of the things you're freaking out about, God is already ahead of you waiting to heal you, waiting to bless you, waiting to work that miracle on your behalf. Let me say this, so when you find yourself in the valleys of life and it looks like God is silent, don't complain. Did you hear what I said? Don't complain. That's not a time to be murmuring. That's not a time to be blaming others. The more you whine, the more you complain, the more you delay your miracle. Can I be brutally honest with you off the record? God does his best miracles while you are in, in his silence. While you feel isolated. While you think your back is against the wall. One gentleman called me one day and said, Pastor, I, I watch your life and I, I listen to you. Uh, Pastor Fred Jones, say, give me right to write a book about your life. I say, sir, <laughs> you won't make it. If I have to tell you my story, people see the glory, but they don't know my story. God is at his best when you feel like nobody cares. God is at his best when your back is against the wall and you see that your friends are few, you feel isolated, you feel like God don't even care. Get ready for your miracle. He may not come when you want him. <laughs> Do I have a witness in the house? God is an on-time God. Yes, he is. Ladies and gentlemen, let me also encourage you if you're really going to make it, 
You have to understand, before you can see notoriety in your life, you have to be willing to go through period of obscurity. The problem, I had one of my pastors who was sitting there this morning. He will follow me around and say, Pastor, I just want a ministry like yours. I say, if you're willing to go through what I go through, not only will you have a ministry like mine, you will have better than mine. People don't want to go through obscurity. You show me a man of God, a woman of God, that God has truly blessed. I'll show you somebody who's been through the fire. Can you handle this? If you don't believe me, talk to David. Long before he became king, he went through hell. Yes, I said hell. Somebody need to tell the truth. Spend years running for his life. If you don't believe me, talk to Moses. Moses just didn't get to pass the two million plus Jews. He went through some rough time before God promoted him. If you don't believe me, talk to Esther. Yeah, we all be shouting, one night with the king. If you know what Esther went through before she became queen, then you would not just be running your mouth. Let me tell you one more thing before I let you go. What do I do when God is silent? I will say to you, don't compare yourself with other people. People would say, just look at my, that was my classmate. We went to high school together. How come he had a big house? Now I'm still struggling, riding the city bus. Shut up! Run your own race. Did you hear what I said? Run your own race. God has a way for you. He has a plan for you. Stop comparing yourself to other people. And as long as you're comparing yourself with others, you will stay frustrated. Let me warn you, sometimes you're looking at other people and it looks like the grass is greener on the other side. Don't be fooled. What you see is not really what you see. I was doing marriage counseling one day, and true story, and Brother Matt, and this couple, they were shocked when I began to share with them the challenges in my own marriage. It's like, oh my God. I said, you think I'm married for 34 years and I've never been through anything? Are you nuts? What do I look like, E.T.? But if you're willing to weather the storm, <laughs> hallelujah. There's a reason. Can you all handle some truth today? See, there's a reason why Job said, Though he slay me, 
I'm not going to give up on God. I'm going to serve him. I'm still going to come to church where they don't like me. Shut up! You're not coming to church because of them. God, he slay me! Yet I'm going to serve him. That's why I say encourage yourself in the Lord. Guess what? The years of your isolations are not wasted. Are you listening to me? The years that you go through hard time, they are not wasteful years. Those are things that will build you up, that will make a man out of you, make a real woman of God out of you. Somebody said, I thank God for my mountains. Andrew Crouch said, I even thank God for my valleys. I thank God for every storm. Come on, Andrew, why would you be thanking God for storm? He said, because if I never had a problem, I would never know I serve a God who can solve my problem. I would never know what faith in God is all about. He said, true it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. God is looking for somebody today. Maybe you're going through some storm. Maybe it looks like you're you are all by yourself. Maybe it looks like nobody understands. But if you would just weather the storm, I come to tell you trouble don't last always. God will show up and show out in your life. Hallelujah. And you know one thing I love about God? <laughs> this is good for a Baptist boy. <laughs> when God gets ready to bless you, no devil can stop it. Are you listening to me? When God gets ready to bless you, no demon. You know how people talk about, oh, there's this witchcraft, there's this force. I say, what force? I get so angry one time with some of my prayer. I say, you, if, if, you don't even know what witches look like. How much you all be freaking out here in America? You're, I feel sorry for you sometimes. Come to my neighborhood. I'll show you a real witch. Where they will challenge you even before you preach. To see if you're really called by God. But after you've been through some storm, the Bible says after you suffer for a while, he will bring you out. You will comfort like pure gold. Be encouraged, my brother. God is still on the throne. Before I close today, let me, let me share this with you in love. I've told you sometimes why God is silent. I want all of us to examine our lives. One of the reasons why God gets silent is sin. So examine your life as I do the same. And if there are sins in your life, unconfessed sins, things that will mess up your destiny, what you need to do today is to confess it. One thing that's good about God, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful 
See, it's not like church folks. Church folks, they have something on you, they hold it on your head for life. They will even shoot you while you're wounded. Hey, don't turn me off. You know God sent me here. I didn't send myself. But God is faithful. God is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. That's right, Pastor. All of it. Thank you, Jesus. Confess it. Secondly, I talk to you about incomplete obedience. Some of us, our prayer life is incomplete. You get hot praying only when you're in trouble. The Bible says, man, woman shall always pray. Always pray. And if you look in your life, you don't see a life that is always praying. This is a time to tell God, I'm sorry. It may not be prayer. It may be our studying, reading the word of God, meditation on the word of God, spending time with God. We get too busy having fun. This is a time to fess up with God. Amen. And I'm not talking to those of you who are here alone. Maybe you're live streaming with us. Maybe you're watching me on television. Maybe you're listening on radio. You can be a part of this also. There's a number under the screen that you can call. There are ministers of the gospel prepared to pray with you, to rejoice with you, to celebrate your decision to follow Jesus Christ. Believe me when I tell you what I'm teaching you, I've been there many times. And maybe you're here, you're like me, you say, Lord, I'm sorry for doubting you. There were times in my life that I say, I just felt that God has forsaken me. And looking back, I have to say, Lord, I'm so sorry. This is the same God that I've told you he has a plan for you. He said that plan is peace. That plan is good. That plan is to give you an expected end. How dare you doubt about it. I've had to go before him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the same God that promised I'll never leave you. I would never forsake you. Now you're having an attitude because you haven't heard from him. I have to go before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Give me another chance. I don't know what get in my head. Your record is good. When I had no crowd to preach to, you were there. When I had no family but me, you were there. When I was hungry, you were there. When I got sick in the hospital, you were there. When I had no money, you made a way. That's why I say, I'm sorry. I am sorry. 
And if that were you today, I want you to spend some time before God as we prepare our hearts to receive the Holy Communion. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite our worship team, Mr. Terrence and the rest of the team. Where's Sister Gail? Is she able to go? All right, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, musicians. I appreciate you. Give them a hand. Thank God for all this. Oh, let's prepare our heart to receive the Holy Communion. And let's go before God with a spirit of humility and watch God fix every situation. Come on down, ministers and deacons. God bless you. Oh, it reaches. 
everyone been served? Praise God. I told everyone earlier that I love this time of the service, of this time of our fourth Sunday, because we can reflect back on what the Lord have done. That ain't the only time we should do it. We should always do that. That what Jesus Christ has done for us, do not take it lightly that he sent his son, his only begotten son, to die for our sins. That should be a place that we should always scream and holler because it's a blessing to know that he loved us so much, that he thought of us so much to do such a thing. Praise God. I was reading uh, John 6, 54, and I was asking the Lord to give me a scripture to what should we reflect on in my, and by conversation of others, even my mom, and, uh, and the question that she was saying, sometimes she thinks about her destination. And, and it's kind of ironic that it's other people I talked to and the same thing, and they was questioning where would they go? Where would they reside? Where would, would it be heaven? And I see people in these crazy times that we're living in, they're questioning the destination of heaven. And so the Holy Ghost gave me the scriptures, is John 6, 54. And it says, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood have eternal life. If that do not bring confirmation of your destination is eternal life. He say have. That's not present tense. That's not future tense. I'm sorry. That's present tense. That's now. That you have eternal life now. That's amazing to me. Then it goes on. Then it say, and in the last days, he say, I will raise you up. Man, that's one reason that we should shout and to know that we do have eternal life. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord God. Only you, Lord God. can give us eternal life. <laughs> Even the times we live in now, Lord God, we are sure that we will have eternal life and Lord, we're grateful to you. And Lord, we are so grateful that Lord, you said in your word that your grace must more bound in our faults and our mistakes and our sins. And Lord, we thank you that you sent Jesus to die for us. And Lord, we're grateful. And Lord, we thank you for the name of Jesus is greater than any other name, Lord God, COVID, any other name. The name of Jesus, Lord God, is still greater. And Lord, we're grateful unto you. And Lord, we be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. And Lord, that you love us so much, Lord, and we thank you forever we'll just give you all the praise God and all the glory in Jesus name Amen let's eat of the bread Shepard. 
drink of his blood. And that's by faith. So, Lord, we thank you. We bless your name, Lord God. And this time, we're going to turn it back over to our praise team. In Jesus' name.
Have a great day and a great week in Jesus' name. Be blessed.